Monday there, and welcome to the rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB and a Celia package. I am Glenn ZB. Where the hell was I yesterday? Why am I asking you? How? If I can't remember, you certainly don't know. Anyway, uh, meantime, vaccine passports. Uh, are we going to get some of those? Uh, are we, have we got a plan for that? Oh, that's right, we need the vaccine first. Uh, the exhibition industry um, still asking questions about what's supposed to happen to them if um, there is a level change in the future. Um, we've got a, a, an update out of uh, the States on how their vaccine rollout's going. And uh, the Apple car, is it actually happening? But before any of that... Um, so there's going to be more MRQ spaces now that uh, we've got this travel bubble happening, right? Right? I wish I could say I'm surprised, but given the state of the media in this country these days, sadly, um, those days are long gone. Surely, yesterday's bubble announcement, although completely predictable, months overdue and scandalously dealt with by the government, was actually not the news of the day, and yet the bit that was, was barely recognised. One of the biggest bonuses of a trans-Tasman bubble both ways was that large swathes of MIQ would be able to be opened up to all of those desperate to get into the country and as yet not allowed. 40% they said. That's the block the Australian bit took up. Imagine what we could do with that and yet, what are we doing with it? Keeping a chunk aside for the Australian bubble to collapse and, and closing the rest. What part of that failed to draw the attention of anyone even remotely interested in yesterday? Have we or have we not spent months on the lack of RSE workers, the millions of dollars of agricultural and horticultural carnage being wrecked across the countryside because we can't get people in to pick stuff. A survey out over Easter, over 400 experienced engineers are required right now for shovel-ready projects that aren't remotely shovel-ready due to the fact that we can't get the people we need, and MIQ was the answer. The gaps created by the trans-Tasman bubble was the solution. The 40% taken up by Australia was the answer. And yet as part of yesterday's pantomime around how lucky we are, how much work all this has taken, we failed to see the red flag, the monumental cock-up, the acquiescence of any form of expansion in our ability to address these serious and growing issues around skills and labour that are so badly crippling the economy. Are journalists literally asleep? Do they not think outside a press release? Unless it's raised as an issue, they can no longer see the issue for themselves. Where were the questions? The government is closing MIQ capacity. It's shrinking it, an already minuscule effort. An effort monitored by NB that had many more facilities already set to go and yet never actually opened, never actually used. And yet they're taking the already smaller version they chose to operate and they're shrinking it. How is it possible that level of subterfuge got past the media scrum sitting in front of the Prime Minister as she fed them the scandal, and no one joined a couple of dots. Yes, we have a bubble, thank God, but we've tanked MIQ, we've taken the advantage and closed it. Talk about snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, and no one paid to notice appeared to be awake. Of course, uh, it's a tricky business counting spaces. It's hard to count things that aren't there. Um, I'd license to tell dad jokes to, to d- licenses. Um, now, uh, we, we've got, um, are we going to need a vaccine passport? to do the travel bubble? I can't remember. Um, We're going to need it eventually. Uh, Here's the simple advantage of a vaccine passport that I was talking to the Prime Minister about, and this is why our tragically slow rollout of the vaccine is a little short of a scandal. You can't have a passport without a vaccine. We don't have a vaccine. We don't know when, short of the vaguest half-yearly sort of guess, when we will have a vaccine. Uh, The droplets of vaccine we have had hasn't been rolled out at the rate they said it would, so God knows what sort of mess it'll be by November or December. But the point is this. As of next month, as in May, as I pointed out, Singapore accepting vaccine passports. In other words, you've got your jab, you go, get your app, 
you're off. Simple as that. This is the world reopening. The two questions for the government are that didn't get answered uh, and they haven't got around to as yet is once I'm offshore, upon my return, why am I still an MIQ if I've been vaccinated? Secondly, why when the world is going to be offering more and more opportunities to do business, are we still defending the idea that we were never in any rush to vaccinate at all? We are in a part of the world, the Asia Pacific, that by and large is proactive on these particular matters. Singapore, Taiwan, Vietnam, China, all countries that are moving forward and fast. It's the sort of reaction you would have expected from countries like that. Australia, leaving us behind. The thought of us being in lockstep with them, as Bloomfield and Hipkin so often stated, is now laid bare as the joke and lie it always was. This, by the way, isn't about holidays, although it's about business, the business of tourism, of markets, of growth, of returning to some sort of normality. CDC, as I once again pointed out over the weekend, said all Americans vaccinated can now travel freely domestically and internationally. They're coming here? Of course they're not. Why would they? They'll go to Singapore, who've got their act together and their doors open. Of course the vaccine is not the magic elixir some might want it to be, but it is the biggest step forward so far and by some margin. With it comes a global acceptance of one of the most important things we do in the 21st century. Travel. Freedom of movement. Singapore in May. Every American by the end of May. Brits on holiday in June and August. World's opening up. Vaccines are the key. And we still sit here at the bottom of the world, more reliant on travel than most, kidding ourselves that there is no rush, we don't need the world, travel isn't important, none of this matters. Some have been sucked in by the government, of course, some just live their lives in permanent fear. Either way, we are getting left behind. We have dropped the ball. We lack a plan. We lack a date. We lack leadership. We had a year, a year to get this sorted. We've wasted it. And there was quite a lot of uh, feedback to our interview with the Prime Minister this morning on things like uh, the travel bubble and the, and the vaccine passports and MIQ spaces and so forth. I didn't get a chance to talk to her about the exhibition industry, especially people who try and have exhibitions in the South Island and then have to stop them. It doesn't matter what level we're in. Latest cab off the rank going to the government today with the help of ACT, I note, is the $5 billion a year exhibition industry. What they want is an interesting change. 358 of the country's main operators. Uh, it's going to be tabling this petition in Parliament today. They want the sector. They've been trying since May last year. Come on to consider separating the exhibition industry from the mass gathering classification. What they're saying is level two may be level four. So level two, of course, South Island spent a lot of time so far this year in level two. But no big events can operate. You know, lots of things are open. Pubs are open. Shopping malls are open. People are gathering. But the event industry can't open. So they're saying, don't make us go to level four in level two. It makes no sense. Give us a different classification. Just a little bit of common sense that's required. And so with the help of ACT, that's going to the Parliament today. Whether or not any of that gets um, acted on, I don't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> common sense doesn't apply anymore. What, what part of this has he not been paying attention to? We don't do common sense anymore. Um, but, uh, Joe Biden, I think he thinks he speaks a lot of uh, common sense. Uh, he was he was there giving his, um, his update. He's doing regular updates now every 50 million shots, don't you know? 150 million jabs in, here's Joe. I promise an update to the American people every 50 millionth shot. And I'm already back to update you a little over two weeks, two and a half weeks later. I promised in the beginning that I'd always give you the straight scoop, straight from the shoulder, the good and the bad. Well, here's the truth. The good news is we're on track to beat our goal of 200 million shots in the first 100 days. More than 75% of the people over the age of 65 have gotten shots, up from 8% when we took office. That's a dramatic turnaround.
Can't argue with it. They're currently ninth in the world. 32% of adults have had their first shot. 19% are fully vaccinated. Ninth in the world versus us at 98. They are doing 4 million jabs a day. The, uh, then he went on to talk about the bad news, which was that there, there might be a death, disease and devastation between now and the 4th of July. Which is a bit of a downer. Um, but anyway, good on him. I, I, I worry with all the shooting from the hip that he's doing, because I don't know how many shots those hips have got left in them. Licensed to tell dad jokes. I'm licensed. Two licenses. Doubly licensed. Um, here's uh, Tim Cook uh, talking about the, the car that may or may not be happening. Trending now on the Mike Hosking Breakfast. Apple have been thinking about talking about, and it's been rumoured they're going to make a car, an autonomous car. Just because you can make a phone doesn't mean you can make a car, but anyway, the rumours persist. Maybe it's a deal with Kia and Hyundai. Uh, Elon Musk tried to sell them Tesla. They didn't want to buy it. So anyway, speculation reaching fever pitch. So Tim Cook's been on a thing called Sway, and he was asked about it. Would it be in the form of a car or the technology within a car? I Yeah, I, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I think it has to be a car. You can't just do the tech. You're not going to let, you're not Google. <laughs> we love to integrate hardware, software, and services and find the intersection points of those because we think that's where the magic occurs. And so that's what we love to do. And we love to own the primary technology that's around that. I'm going to go with car for that, if you don't mind. Um, <laughs> he's died it. Listen so to they're Jam- making a car. That's what he's saying. James, James Dyson the other day, he's worked it out. And I think that James Dyson's brighter than Tim Cook. I had to think how much it will be because of the headphones that well, they put out last the year. Upgrade. They, they, was, they were so expensive for what they were. They were rude headphones. It'll be what, what will it be? The iCar 1, the iCar 2, the iCar X. I mean, come on. And also, I don't know how I feel about a car that will, it's, it's, it'll, it's bound to have the built-in obsolescence that the, the phones do and the iPads, you know, that after, after two years the battery won't uh, work anymore and you'll have to upgrade to the new one. That's not how cars are supposed to work. Cars are supposed to become classic cars. They're supposed to get cooler as they get older, aren't they? Well, unless it's a 1974 Honda Civic Brown, which is my first car. I don't know that it got much cooler. In fact, it got hotter because the fan stopped working. So I I had to rig up my own fan, which involved a little electric motor and a piece of cardboard that went round and round. Probably... We didn't need to tell you that story. I'm Glenn Zerby, but that's what this podcast is about. Uh, it's the rewrap, and I'll be back here with more random stuff like that tomorrow. See you then. Yeah.